and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I'm Tobias. I'm back again with Yussi. What's up? Hey, Tobias. We had a fantastic and lazy weekend. I think it was fantastic because it was a lazy weekend. My six-year-old, my, my youngest son, he hurt his finger about two weeks ago when he was wrestling with his older brother. I'm not sure if I mentioned this. So, so we've been in and out of the hospital for checkups and additional fixes. No stitches needed, but it, it, it was bruised in a way that we needed to do frequent visits to the hospital. And it's a bit traumatizing for the six-year-old. So we figured let's do something fun for the weekend. And uh, we did ask the six-year-old, what would he like to do? And he was like, let's go to that nice cafe. Let's have salmon soup because he loves salmon soup. So we go there, the sun is shining, uh, we're by the sea, the sea is frozen, the sun is the sun is nicely warming us. A bit of French toast, some cappuccino for me, and just not really doing anything for the rest of the day, but, but hanging with the kid, watching a movie or, or, or whatnot, that was fun. And I feel summer is finally approaching. How about for you? Well, I just realized I need to train my six-year-old to say, hey, dad, we need to go to a cafe. You need to have a cappuccino. We're just going to chill out. Um, but for me, uh, I'm a little bit in shock because I rarely watch the Swedish Melody Festivalen, which is uh, where we bring a finalist to the bigger kind of Eurovision Song Contest in Europe. Uh, however, something made the internet, and that raised my eyes a little bit for for this this year. Finland, you see, which I think you're you're going to be proud of this. Um, I don't know if this was the the country winner in in Finland or just one of the contestants, but the Windows 95 man uh, is something that apparently made waves on the internet, and that came out of the Swedish, uh, the Finnish version of the Eurovision Song Contest kind of prequel or or pre qualifications, whatever you call them. So that'll be an interesting year for sure to uh, to take a look at. Um, and and see how Finland does because I'm now rooting like I've never rooted for anyone else in my life. I'm now rooting for Windows 95 man because I'm getting the vibes back from you know 3.5 inch floppy disks and we had CD-ROMs coming with Windows 95 and 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 if you haven't really watched the contribution from Finland, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can really see that with your own eyes and then you can never unsee it again because um, it's really a well, it's it's interesting. I'll just put the link in. I be advised. It is, it is what it is. I, I'm not going to say more than that, but uh, you might want to check it out and see uh, how we do Eurovision contests in Europe. It's an awesome show for sure, and and the guy delivering the show, he started as a DJ in Finland, and I hired him for a company Christmas party in 2014. And he had the same show. So now that you're seeing the video, you can imagine me seeing that show about 10 years ago and going, am I really paying for this? Actually, I am. <laughs> it was fun. All righty. So today we will be talking about Azure. And uh, for that, we have a special guest, Mustafa Torman. He is the CTO for Run.Events Events and Event Management Platform. Uh, welcome, Mustafa. Great to have you here. Can you tell us a bit more about your background and experiences? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me. Definitely. So, yeah, I've been in this IT world for many, many years. Too many, uh, like way, way many than I would like to admit. 
so I've seen changes from those 3.5 floppy disks to everything else. Uh, I, I, I've seen those vibes. I remember those times. Uh, let's leave it at that. But um, why I'm here, basically, I've been working with Microsoft Azure, or not really Microsoft Azure, but Azure from its very beginning, because before it was actually Microsoft Azure. It was Windows Azure before that, and then Red Dog before that. It, it changed names over time. So I've been working with that uh, for from its very beginning, uh, and um uh, been awarded Microsoft MVP for for working with that for 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 many years, talking about it, blogging about it, writing about it. Um, I also changed many different roles and and did different things uh, in different companies over the time. Uh, spent significant time working for, uh, with the U.S. market for for U.S. company as a as an architect, um, having opportunity to work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Um, dipped around Europe as well, been part of Devo team for, for quite some time and almost a year now being uh, being part of Run Events, uh, as you mentioned, the company that run, creates a platform for, for uh, event organizers uh, as new role, something different for me after many, many years of consulting. I'm actually uh, a CTO developing its his own product. Uh, um, taking things a little bit differently, uh, so to speak. Okay, this is this is great stuff. And uh, let's touch a bit on that in a minute on the experience of, of sort of moving from a bit more consulting now to a product company. But what would you say when we talk about Azure, what would you say are the biggest problem areas for you? So I know you have a lot of experience, a lot of skills. And I think everything is easy for you to learn and use. But what would you say? What's challenging for you to utilize or to learn? What's what's something you go to your favorite search engine or to your co-pilot to actually ask for help when working in Azure? Yeah, the, I think the biggest problem with Azure, at least for me, is is like the pace of change. Right? It's it's really difficult to to keep track of everything that's going on all the changes everything that kind of can affect you in any way uh we we kind of keep forgetting like all the services everything we have in azure today and it's quite different from when i started out it was like five six different services and the amount of it it's basically growing almost daily let's like maybe not every day new service but changes are happening daily uh and 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 we can see a lot of things happening and um, just keeping pace of everything. I, 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 as I said, like I remember when it was five, six services, it, it took you a couple of weeks to master everything that was in there, right? That, that was like, if you started out in, with Azure 15 years ago, that was no problem. You would like pick it up very similar to like services you already used on-prem, a little adjustment and, 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 and you're up to speed. Uh, but the number of things that are in Azure right now and the number of changes that might affect you. Like for simple example, um, if something is happening on the networking side, it can affect everything that you do, right? A single change, a, a new rule or something can affect all your current deployments, every setup you have, 
uh, and you need to keep track of those things and, and how they're happening. So I think that's, at least for me, a biggest challenge. Yeah, I, I like this. Um, for me, I, I think reflecting on what you just said, uh, the pace of change, I think that is a really eloquent way to to put it because that's, I, I think I started similar to you in 2008 when Azure was in preview, it was Windows Azure and there was like SQL Server in the cloud. And that's like an storage account or whatever existed back then. It was one or two things you could try out and you could really, it was pretty easy to get started. You know, there were different complexities back then, but the pace of change I think is, uh, for me, maybe the main challenge as well. And just staying aware of all the capabilities, understand what exists, what can you do now? What capabilities are built in? What do I have to build myself? And how to stay kind of up to date with that. So I, I love that. That's a that's a really good reflection. So thinking about that and the pace of change and like all the things we need to learn and understand, where do you go? Like, how do you stay up to date? How do you stay aware of all the changes happening in Azure? What's the, do you have like a, a go-to resource or a specific network of, of friends or social networks or what what is the best way for you to stay up to date with all the changes happening? Uh, well, definitely following uh, the official communication channels, Microsoft documentation is, is a good starting point. Fortunately for me, I do have a kind of a cheat way in it, into it because being an MVP and having an NDA with Microsoft, I'm quite often aware of certain changes before they actually happen, right? Um, but um, it's still like difficult to, to track down everything and, and, and know what's going on. So for me, it's kind of like Microsoft documentation, uh, official releases, like following blogs from several people, especially from uh, product managers from Microsoft that for products that I'm specifically interested in, it's it's kind of a, like my starting point for 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 everything. I like this. Yeah. I like this. Uh, I'd, I'd say following blogs is probably something most people people try to do. One of the challenges I think me and Toby we've both found out. One of the challenges in learning Azure through blogs is that it's really hard to first find the useful blogs and the great authors, and then aggregate all of that to your preferred reader, and then keeping up to date on that one because. If you take a week off, come back, you have 700, 100 items, <laughs> and then you have to sift through all of those again. So this is probably a challenge we all sort of sort of know. Uh, Toby, uh, anything else? What would you like to ask Mustafa on top of this? So I think that was a kind of first good thing to iron out. Um, and I, I know we had an episode some time ago where we talked about DevOps, we talked about DevSecOps, we've talked about SecOps, we've talked about all the all these things. And uh, you know, back in the day, and and when we say back in the day today, maybe it's a decade ago, or a decade and a half, um, DevOps became a huge thing for all organizations. And and just thinking around that, um, what are your thoughts on DevOps today? Is that something you use? Because you mentioned that you're building products now as the CTO for this company. Um, which is quite different from being a consultant because uh, both you and, and myself also come from the consulting background where we go to a customer, we help them with whatever project, and then we move on to the next one and uh, and help them. 
but building a product is quite different. Uh, so I can imagine there's some kind of system in place to uh, to store the code, which is usually GitHub or Azure DevOps or something else. What does that look like for you, both in terms of like the technical aspect, which is, are you using Git? And, and if so, what version control system, like what platform? And also, are you adopting DevOps as a process um, today or are you using something else? Oh yeah, that's like one of my favorite subjects. I have many favorite subjects, but that's that's definitely one of them. Um, so uh, I mentioned I've been around for for quite some time, and uh, I remember those three point five inch floppies and everything else. So it was kind of like quite a different way on how we de deliver software to begin with, right? If we wrote a piece of code it was different on how it's done today than how it was like decade or or even more ago um and i ran into those struggles quite oh, some time ago but very very long time ago uh because for me to deliver a, a, a software change for for a customer back in the day it was like me sitting in a car driving to a customer's location taking whatever media I had to installing it on some servers. And if there's an error, if something was misconfigured or whatever, I had to sit in the car, drive back to my office, fix the thing and then go back. So I started writing scripts and, and stuff to automate some of those steps just to like eliminate human error. And kind of like when DevOps became a thing, I was like, oh, I was fun of this before it, it, it had a name, right? Um, but uh, DevOps kind of like has a, I think it's very, very mis misunderstood even after a decade of, of, of heavy use and mention all, all over the place. Because you will see many times like if you uh, use this product, you're DevOps. Or if you hire DevOps engineers, which I think it's completely made up uh, a profession, uh, you're, you're doing DevOps. Um, DevOps is basically a cultural thing, like how you should approach certain things, how you should approach software delivery as a, as a company, as an organization. Um, so just having the things like piece of software that's going to do builds and deployments or uh, versioning control or hiring bunch of people who claim to be DevOps engineers, is 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 not a thing it's it's all things combined basically uh, also when i mentioned devops engineers it's like basically whenever i speak to devops engineers is a, a sysops guy that knows how to write scripts right uh like 99 percent of the time that that's gonna happen um so it's 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 something that organization need to understand on how how to approach uh, uh, it's a combination of tools, uh, uh, people, and processes that you need to implement to, to successfully do DevOps. So it's it's kind of like a mix of all things that should give you a final result. I, I, I certainly love uh, um, definition from Donovan Brown, what DevOps is. Uh, it's basically a mix of uh, uh, tools, people, and processes that, to deliver and value to, to a customer. And basically that's it. Like, what should you do to 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 deliver better value? What what because whatever we do, if customer doesn't have any benefit, it's 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 a waste of time. 
Uh, and part of the question was the tooling, right? What what we do we use? And it, it's kind of like, I mean, being Microsoft fanboy. Let's 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 face it. I, I am a Microsoft fanboy. So it's by being kind of like a struggle between Azure DevOps and a GitHub for quite some time, uh, especially since Microsoft acquired GitHub. Um, in my opinion, so currently, currently we store our code on GitHub. That's 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 the thing. Um, Am I happy about it? Semi. Um, I'm still, I, I still have an opinion that Azure DevOps is at this point a more mature product than GitHub is in certain things. Uh, in in let, let, let's say like uh, task tracking boards and those sort of things, it's still far too superior, like way superior done in, in Azure DevOps. Like what we have GitHub for tracking stuff and and uh, and what people are working on, it's not really up to speed. I think that Azure DevOps is more enterprise ready. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the lack of new development on the Azure DevOps is definitely a concern and we can see all the new shiny stuff coming on GitHub. And that was the main reason why, why we decided to go with the GitHub. Um, it's getting certain things, it, it has its benefits, but overall, in my opinion, Azure DevOps still has like a little bit lead in, in, in maturity and overall of the product. Yeah, I, I like these reflections. And um, like you say, one thing doesn't have to, to mean that you don't do the other. Um, like we do all code in GitHub for most of the projects because GitHub handles that really well with pull requests, you get the very nice experience in, in merge conflicts and all this stuff in the UI, but anything with people process, as you put it, people process tools, anything that is people process, which is building queries, what kind of work items do we have? You know, what does the backlog look like? What does our sprint burndown look like? All of that stuff is in DevOps. So I, I think that's, uh, it reflects my my understanding of, of what a lot of organizations do as well. Uh, like manage the work in, in Azure DevOps and put your code in GitHub because the integration between them is pretty good. Yeah, um, the, the integration like today is like, uh, basically it doesn't really matter. You can use whatever you want, like different stuff, like even for build and release and code and everything can mix like Jenkins, uh, Octopus, uh, GitHub, Azure DevOps, you can all merge, make us, <laughs> a big mess out of things and and interconnect everything. It's totally possible. I like I like this thinking on DevOps not being primarily the tool or the platform, but definitely having having the people and the process in there. And once you have people and process in place, I feel that the tool is interchangeable. You can start with Azure DevOps. You can maybe go to GitHub. You can maybe go to something else if you feel they are not optimal. So thinking about security for a little bit. So Mustafa, I know you've been a consultant in your past life and you've written several books. I think one on security as well on, on Azure. So how do you think about security today? What's interesting? What's challenging in, in security for you? What keeps you awake at night? Ah, oh, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Knowing what's out there. <laughs> there there's a joke like uh, I, I've been doing cybersecurity, so that's why my house doesn't have a smart lights. Uh, it has a mechanical locks and and so on. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, 
half a joke. It's 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 not really, but it it, it is scary when you when you enter that world. It's like sometimes it can scare you what's what's out there. Um, the thing is, like we need to. We are obviously living with this AI era, with everything is automated. Things like software is learning on its own certain things, and and so on. Uh, it's easier to detect everything happening. Like how how are threats coming in? We have new shiny tools that use machine learning in the background to crunch a huge number of logs, like and and figure out if is something happening. Um, what what kind of like scares me a lot that. All those shiny tools, all this artificial intelligence and machine learning that that's like obviously rising today, like never before. Um, it's not only available to us to protect ourselves; it's also available to the bad actors to to actually try to take advantage of that and get into our environments, steal data, destroy something, do harm, basically whatever that is. So that's kind of a scary. Like things are getting more more and more sophisticated and and the like even worse part is it's it's getting easier to be dealt with right it's like you don't have to do anything you you are like there are tools that are half automated you just do like a little input on what you wanted to do and it starts doing that so that's that's kind of like a scary thing like in the past, if you had a skillful hacker that should like was trying to do something, it took years to acquire certain skills and know how certain things work. It's getting easier. Like anyone who wants to be harmful, it's much easier to be harmful today than it was ever before. And that's that's what's really, really scary. Yeah, I, I, on that note, um, it's interesting you say that because I, I've recently I spent some time in the security field as well, and I've recently seen like cyber security as a service, but also cyber criminals as a service where you yep. can buy malware as a service. You can buy ransomware as a service. You can buy like you can just subscribe. You send in this case, you don't sign up with your email and home address, but it's more like send a couple of bitcoins to this address and then enter your like you say, enter the parameters. I want to target this organization or, or this email or this account or, or this system. And then there, you know, there's a team or there's a, a SaaS service, if you want to call it that, that is doing it for you, which is pretty scary. Uh, and with the, like the uh, evolution of AI now and generative AI, we've also seen that scam calls, they're so good now that they're fully automated by robots or, or like bots using generative AI, but it sounds like a human. So all these things are evolving on all front ends and, and, and all, all ends, really. So thinking about how the evolution of security um, might look like in the coming years and, and what's happened with kind of the risks and the, and the threat landscape in the last couple of years, um, what do you see as the number one thing people should look out for when talking about security or cybersecurity risk or risk management? Like what's the one thing that you think is, is going to be something that we all need to understand moving forward. I just need to reflect on what you said on cyber attack as a service and thing. The, 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 the scariest thing for me when you mentioned that is that those people are actually offering SLA. Like if you are ordering certain <laughs> attack, like something, malware, phishing attack, DDoS, whatever it is, they are offering SLA. They are guaranteeing if you, if we create a phishing campaign for you, we guarantee that this is the number of clicks you're going to get or whatever. So it's kind of like completely scary. Now, 
mentioning that the 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 last question for me it's easy like people we need to be aware of what people do we the, the only way to make sure you're secure is like teaching uh raising culture inside the company on what's what's the how to do it what what to do uh what to look for what to avoid to be careful basically that's the only thing because we can have all those fancy tools and, and different softwares and everything that's trying to protect us at the end of the day uh people are the weakest link if it takes only one click to bring the company down i've seen it many times like one click one wrong click on an email and it can take entire company down for for significant amount of time so that's kind of like teaching people uh, 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 what's going on, how to protect themselves. I think that's the most important thing we need to do. If if only we could get rid of people, life would be so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not really like we 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 need people, but it it ends up to that. Like if you have hundred people in the company and single people not knowing that they shouldn't click on something. It can like single people out of hundred out of ten thousand can do a damage. So that's what like for me that should be a main focus: raising awareness and teaching people how how to be careful, how to protect themselves, and 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 what to what to what should they do or not do. Yeah, precisely. And I I think back in the day, it was maybe easier because if you got a spam or phishing email, it was fairly easy to spot. But now the ones that I'm occasionally seeing, they are so well crafted. They they look so real and and they almost make you want to click on something. And it's not just about clicking on something, but it's about the actions that you will inevitably do when you're presented with something that looks super official. Perhaps it's an email from your manager asking you to finalize this form, which you do 27 times a week. Now it's the 28th time and you keep on clicking because you're ingrained to do that because it's part of your work. So definitely a huge challenge in there. So for someone who wants to get started in, in Azure, maybe somebody's listening on this and thinking, yeah, I need to learn more about Azure. I need to get started with working in Azure. What what would your advice and insights be here? Is, is there something you would do differently if you got started today, is there something you would recommend people to get started with in Azure? Okay, yeah, for, for me, it was easy. As I, as I mentioned, I started a long time ago and there was not much to learn. Uh, everything in few weeks, like you could master all the services. Uh, Toby, I think mentioned like, it was like virtual machines, uh, SQL in the cloud, was it app service and I don't know, maybe maybe something else. But that was like it was five services tops, and it, it was easy to 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 uh, put your head around it, like figure it out how it works. And in time, it just kept growing and growing, and I kept track of most things. Uh, I still don't know everything in Azure. Like I, I need to do that disclaimer. It's it's impossible. Like there's so many different things that are. It, it's you you cannot do everything, uh, but it kind of like helped me like because I was there from the day one and then 
things were coming out. At certain time, I needed to focus, so I, I'd start following certain tracks, like certain elements that I'm very interested in and, and, and keeping track of them, uh, losing focus of certain things. Uh, but if I needed to start today, I think like it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Like when you see the amount of everything that's out there, hundreds of different ser services, every of those services have hundreds of different options that you can set up, configure. Uh, I would say like start small, like start from what's your area of, of interest? Like what is the something that you work day, every day with? Like what kind of things should be? If you're a developer, focus on services that are more focused on, 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 on the code. Like where should you deploy code? Is it containers? Is it app service? Or there are million different options in Azure, like what, what you can do. But I would like, if you're a developer, try focusing on Azure uh, development related services. If you are most focused on, focused on security, then there's a lot of stuff like uh, Defender, uh, Sentinel, things like that might interest you in there. If you are more of a like system engineer, try to put your hand around networking. So focus on what is like close to you, what you have already like uh, um, knowledge around. If you are basically switching to Azure from any other environment, the concepts are similar. Like network concepts are net, like network is network, security is security. It translates a little bit differently, like some certain elements are called differently. It works a little bit maybe differently, but the concepts are the same. They are they are still there. No matter what, if you're using different cloud provider, on-prem, whatever, um, those things should be familiar. So start with things that are of interest to you, like that can help you on your in your in your daily daily job, like what what you do every day, and try to focus on this thing. Because if you look at it like from from far away and see like all of this, it's just a pile that you cannot start with. Like you, what should I attack first? I think try focusing on what's familiar to you, like what what's close to you, what you do every day, and 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 take it from there. And in time, you will just add stuff along the way, understand different things, uh, expand your horizons. And it takes time, but it, it's totally doable. Okay. And I, yeah, I like this. It's, there's a lot of things to, to think about. And for me, reflecting on what you said, for me, it's the kind of opposite of, instead of saying, this is the technology I want to use, or, you know, I want to work with this or figuring out how to deploy code. I always come from the other angle, which is what business purpose does it serve? Like what is the the purpose of, of doing it? But then I'm not talking about my specific role, what I want to do. It's more, hey, we as a company, we're doing X and therefore I need to pursue whatever it is. Might not be what I want to do at that given time, but that's usually how I think about it. And that always leads me down some road in Azure as well. So I think that is, it's a healthy reflection. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like, uh, what I talked previously about is just like basically a, a personal approach. Like, if you are working somewhere as, as an employee and doing whatever you're doing in, in IT, uh, uh, this would be approach that I would take. Now, what you mentioned, like, what is the purpose and like, like, it's kind of like is a business justification. It's all another approach of 
when company wants to start doing something, right? If company decides we are going Azure, we, we want to do this, this is like very important to have a clear goal on why are you doing certain things? Because I've seen many times that company are just like, everyone is doing it, let's, let, let's do it. You're, you're doing it for, for the wrong reason. You have to have clear goals on what you're trying to achieve. Like cloud has many great advantages. But if you just decide to go there because everyone else else is doing it and doing it very often the wrong way, if you're just moving virtual machines from one place to another, you're going to fail. You're not going to do a good cloud adoption, right? It's, it's going to be something different. So it's very important for a company when you are deciding to go into that direction to have clear goals, business justification, of why are you doing certain things and what are you trying to achieve by, 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 by going this way. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. And thinking about all the things that's happening in the landscape of technology right now, I think the final thing top of my mind is AI and generative AI. Is that something affecting your work today? Is that something affecting your customers? Is that on your is that something on the radar at this point in time? Uh, it's something we cannot ignore today right it's for 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 last a year a bit more maybe it's it's became huge right with open ai and everything else that's that's going on it obviously uh, uh blew to like it came to a certain stage um and this is just like uh, uh basically hardware finally allowing us to do certain things because most of the concepts and 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 algorithms that we are using today basically came in an idea and and existed as a concept in 60s and 70s even uh but uh, we finally have a like computing power to 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 run all of that and it's obviously everywhere like in every conversation uh in everything that we do it's ai this ai that and and so on uh, I kind of get a little bit annoyed by it from time to time uh, because a lot of time it's just false advertising, like AI saying we we use AI in our software is uh, is kind of like a marketing stunt right now. Everyone is accepted expected to do it, right? If you're not using AI, then 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 you're done. You you should close your company and 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 there's no point in doing anything. Um, it's also like a Everyone is jumping on board of, or, or some of something, uh, uh, and everybody is saying we are using AI. Even we are using AI, even if it's not true. Like if it's for, I, I remember like um, I saw a comment quite recently. Like um, there was a web summit uh, uh, in Lisbon. Was it November? I think I, I think November last year, and it like AI was a big topic, and like the conclusion was that like. Uh, if you're not using AI, you're you're done. Like in two two years, your company is done. You 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 will not have any work anymore. Um, and then I read a comment from someone like this is coming from the same people that told me five years ago if I'm not using blockchain, my my company will will be done. Um, so definitely, I'm not against blockchain. It has a is its its purpose. It has its like. So, certain use cases and, and things where it's completely uh, uh, something you should go with. It's, it's, it, there, there's no better option. 
but people kind of like misuse it and, and try to do everything with the blockchain, right? It's kind of like blew out of proportion and most of those companies are, are, are gone now. Um, with AI, I get a little bit annoying when it's like false advertised that if you have a chatbot, it's automatically AI, when it's obviously not. Uh, we, we are just talking about algorithms and like how many if-else uh, options you have implemented in your code. Um, AI is definitely there. We cannot ignore it. It's 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 growing. Uh, it will be a huge huge thing. And I think like we are just starting out in in the years to come. I think it will be like even crazier and 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 not you will not be able to avoid it even if if you try. I I like this thinking definitely. I have some opinions on the blockchain, but let's not go there. Toby knows my my position on that one. For for AI, the hype last year that was that was such an insane amount of hype. But at the same time, I feel we got some really good stuff. But then there's a lot of expectations also. So one one thing uh, somebody I know often asks me if we talk about AI, he asks me. So what's the use case for this? Why would you need this or why would you need that? And it's it's fun when you start looking from the business angle. Why would I implement AI for this? What would be the use case be beyond? Well, it's fun or it's cool. Then you really have to think, is it worth adding AI or is it worth even thinking about AI in a given context? Alrighty, I think I'm exhausted with my thinking and questions for Mustafa. Toby, do you have anything top of mind left? No, I, I think we went through most of the top of mind things here. It's been uh, some really good reflections. Uh, so I think there's only one remaining thing, which is the unexpected question. Yes, Mustafa, okay. I do have an unexpected question for you. Are you ready? I guess I'll never be, but let's let's go with it. <laughs> Alrighty, here goes. What does Azure do on a day off? <laughs> does does it get an day off ever? Like I don't know, vacuums, cleans the discs. I don't know. It's like, oh, I know. It organizes a conference, maybe something. Like I, I that's what I do on my day off. <laughs> when I'm out of the the things that like I don't usually do, like when I don't have a. I have way many things to do, but like on top of my team schedule, when I have a day off, I try to organize uh, uh, different events. Uh, so that's kind of like maybe a thing that could 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 be could be going on with Azure. Maybe it tries to organize a build or ignite or something. All right, sounds <laughs> sounds good. Uh, thank you, Mustafa, for joining us, and thanks everybody for tuning in. See you next week. Thank you.